I have allergies. Ugh. What are you allergic to? You. <laughs> that would have been real bad um just so everyone knows this is our third time recording this uh he <laughs> just keeps screwing it up but uh third time's the charm as we know heads up jordan's sick so if you hear a little cough it's allergies it's totally allergies it's not you know i'm not like fluing out over here i've already <laughs> done that for the past three months okay i have little kids so if anyone else is struggling with allergies, can we start a support group? This is driving me crazy. I don't know what to do. Allergy snobs. Join the allergy <laughs> snobs support group. Guys, I want to start this episode off with some news. We have kind of a lot. Disney layoffs reached 4,000 in this second wave. Um, too many jobs. Too many jobs cut. Too many people out of work. Um, bad management. Disney do better. Uh, secondly, the Maleficent Dragon. I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh when I read this. The Maleficent Dragon caught fire at Disneyland. Luckily, no one was harmed in this act of potential arson. Um, uh, but that sucks, truly. Um, in some better news, Jordan, you're going to love this. Universal announced that updates will be made to the facade of Portofino Bay, which is exactly what you complained about. So they obviously listen to Park Snobs. Wow. It, we are responsible. Everyone, you can thank us later. Um, that is necessary. That's needed. I'm so happy they listened to me. Wow. I am too. I they respect that- me so much. They do. They are big Jordan fans. We stand Jordan at Universal. Um, and then lastly, Universal is opening a Jurassic Park 30th anniversary tribute store. Can you believe we're reaching the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park? I will say I watched Jurassic Park a couple weeks ago and I can't believe it's been 30 years since the first <laughs> films came out. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Those special effects just don't hit the same, do they? But they're so good. Like they're so – the special effects are so bad that the movie is so good. It's kind of like watching Twister. You know, it's right. like not it's the retro right, vibe yeah. of it. Ugh. Guys, this episode, what we did is we asked our followers on Instagram to submit questions that they wanted us to answer. Um, we love – doing episodes like this. So I want to jump right in and start with the questions because we kind of got a lot. Thank you guys so much for participating. Um, and we'll give you a shout out as we go. The first question comes from Heather. And Heather asks, what is your favorite restaurant at the World Showcase? This is one of my favorite questions because like we say, talking about food, talking about eating is our favorite part about this entire show. So Jordan, I want you to answer this question first. Um, I know your answer, but I won't answer for you. You know my answer, but I will say before this last trip, it probably would have been harder to answer. Uh, San Angel Inn, check out that beautiful volcano. I kind of lump the tequila bar in there with San Angel Inn because I think the avocado margarita combination with the queso is really important. But great service, amazing atmosphere. I think the best atmosphere or environment of any restaurant in the world showcase. I love Mexican food. Stop touching the menu. Stop changing it. I want the pollo a las rejas with rice as it was intended to be made. 
as God wrote it down on the menu originally. Stop touching it. What are you doing? But other than that, I love this restaurant. I I go there every single time. I'm never going to stop going there. The vibes are immaculate. And I think that it's fair to lump in the uh, Cava del Tequila bar into San Angel Inn because number one, they're in the same building. Number two, it's part of the experience. You go to the tequila bar while you're waiting to be seated at your table or you go early before your reservation and bing, bang, boom, you hit both and you don't have to leave the building. I mean, I love this. It's in my top three for sure. But my number one, and this is going to come as no surprise to anyone who knows me, is Teppan Edo in Japan. And listen, it's kind of for the same reasons. The vibes are immaculate. I lived in Japan, for those of you who don't know, and it feels extremely authentic as opposed to a lot of teppanyaki experiences in the States. Not that a lot of them aren't authentic, but it just feels a little bit extra authentic. And maybe that's the architecture. Maybe it's the fact that you're in the World Showcase visiting, quote unquote, visiting Japan. Um, It just feels really real. And so to have that experience, second to none, plus the food is great. So teppanetto is absolutely my recommendation there. I love that place. I feel like Whenever I'm going to Disney World without you, I don't even think about going there because it. I just feel like in order to honor you, you have to be there with me. But I wish that I hadn't waited. You know, it's been a year since I've been there and now I feel like a fraud. You are. I don't claim you. <laughs> Next, Natalie asks, what, do you, what does Universal need to do to make it as good as Disney World. Ooh. Listen, this is such a tough question because I kind of think Universal is as good as Disney World. I know that's a controversial take for a lot of you. I know that some people just go hard or go home for Disney World. And I get it. You ride or die for that place. I used to as well. The thing is, in my opinion, is that Universal has stepped it up so monumentally in the places that years ago I would have said they could improve on to meet the greatness of Disney World. The one area where I think they're still lacking in what they need to do to make it as good as Disney World for the rest of you, there's two things actually. One was the cleanliness. I'm going to say it immediately. Disney is so clean. They do a great job of keeping that place just feel very well kept. Um, And secondly, they're kind of already addressing it. I was just going to say like some of the attention to detail in in the less uh, popular attraction areas, like obviously Wizarding World, the attention to detail bar none is the best. But there are other areas of the park that could use that as well. I don't want to feel like I'm going to Universal solely to visit the Wizarding World and be blown away and then be kind of let down by everything else. So if they could bring everything up to that par level, I think neck and neck, Universal and Disney. Jordan, what do you think? I agree with you in terms of, you know, is Universal as good as Disney? They're both equally amazing, just in different ways. The thrill factor at Universal surpasses Disney's period. Um, And I think they've gotten really creative with their lands. Like Harry Potter, you know, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, in my opinion, is the best built land. I guess it would kind of be somewhat tied with the World Showcase. But um I don't know. You just feel like you're like you're there. You're you're at Hogwarts or you're in Hogsmeade or you're in Diagon Alley, whatever. Um, <clears throat> here's what I'll say. Disney 
I think part of what makes it feel elevated is that it offers elevated options as well. So it's kind of serving every group of people, even though it's like gotten really, really expensive. And I know it's supposed to be like family friendly for everyone and whatnot, but I do feel like Disney's kind of outrageous at this point. However, if you want to go eat at an extremely exclusive restaurant at the Grand Floridian and feel like, you know, a princess, you actually have that option at Disney. So they provide services that I think extend beyond what Universal provides. Universal's like, hey, come hang out with us. We're going to have a good time. Disney's – it's that type A, you know, the very like planned kind it's of creative-minded – the experience. Yeah. The experience that Disney offers is more comprehensive, more full circle than Universal's. Right. And that's a very good point. And I'll say this. Universal's deluxe resorts are not as deluxe as Disney's deluxe resorts. So I just kind of feel like having more options that are a little bit more unique. Like at Disney World, you can literally go get sprinkled with fairy dust. It's not everyone's thing. But having something kind of similar at Universal, you know, you can get sludged by Shrek. (laughs) Get some green goop on you. Remember when you could go to Nickelodeon Studios at Universal and get slimed? See, that's what I'm talking about. I will throw wet mud in your face and call myself Shrek if that will make you feel like you're having a better experience, guys. I only charge like $1,000 per person. I will do it. I can do it, guys. I do think there's a market for that. So don't sell yourself short. Next, Ellie asks, what was better? This one is kind of tough because I think it's going to be, well, uh, depends on your age. Frozen Ever After or... The good old maelstrom. Okay, can I go first? Yes, go. Yeah, maelstrom. Like maelstrom, I'm, hands down, right? I don't care. The thing about maelstrom that felt so amazing was it felt like a secret. No one mm. knew about it, even if the line was long. You were like, no one knows this ride's here. It's like me and my group. You'd walk in and you'd be like, hey, Todd, nice to see you again here because we are like one of three people who knows about it. Um, so it just was very, I don't know, it was it was exclusive. It was a hidden gem. And you felt like you were going to, you know, fly out into the world showcase, you know. I swear, I still to this day remember the trip where we discovered Maelstrom. And, you know, we were just walking around the world showcase. I think we were early for our dinner reservation or something. We just happened to go to Norway. And we were like, what is this ride? We have been coming to Disney World for the entirety of our lives. And I've never seen this ride before. And we discovered it and it just felt like an like a brand new part of the park, even though it had been there for so long. It did feel like a secret. And that was was what was special about it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't Can I think say, there's a yeah. Sorry. Go. No, I didn't want to cut you off. I was just gonna say I think you know, girls have the princess aspect and element at Disney World, and that's great. But I kind of love a really masculine storyline being thrown into a ride like Maelstrom. Ryan and his buddies call each other Viking. It's kind of their thing. I just love the history. I love the storyline. You feel like you're a Viking. It's fun. Yeah. And not everything has to be, you know, turned into rainbows and butterflies and Disney princesses. Do you know what I mean? Like if you want to maintain – a variety of fans appeal to a variety of fans. And I think Maelstrom did a really good job doing that. I was so sad, so sad when they turned that into Frozen Ever After. So Ellie, I hope that 
answers your question extremely clearly. I believe it did. Uh, next, we have Mike. Mike wants to know what's more important in a ride, thrill or storyline? Oh my gosh. You go first. I, I'm i having a panic s- attack. <laughs> I know. It's tough. I said storyline, but only slightly. Only slightly. Mm. And this is the reason why. I think a storyline can carry an attraction and experience beyond it just being a ride. And in my opinion, that is what makes Disney attractions, most of them, so special is because the storyline begins in the queue and carries on through, you know, after the ride's over. And I think the whole visitor experience, guest experience, whatever you want to call yourself when you're visiting the parks, the storyline elevates a ride more so than the thrill factor will elevate a ride. I agree. Just hearing you talk, I was like, that's a smart lady. Um, I <laughs> No one's ever I, doubted that. No. <laughs> I would take Spaceship Earth over – like the Hulk, which I realize is yeah. a pretty controversial opinion for people who are like roller coaster, like what what do we call roller coaster heads? Is that a thing? Like someone who just what was what are they called? Kimmy Schmidt. Her mom, Lisa Kudrow, and Kimmy Schmidt's mom was a what is it? Uh, a coaster, a coaster, coaster head, or something. Head. Coaster head. That's okay. What it is. So for those coaster heads out there. I know this won't make a lot of sense to you, but I'm more of a Spaceship Earth person than a Hulk person. I like history. I love a storyline. Here's the thing. Sometimes the storylines are lame. And in those cases, I'm not like – there are a lot of rides that I'm like, oh, let's bypass that because I legitimately don't care to waste my time. But if you have a good story and like we were on Spaceship Earth with Ryder the other day and I go, baby, look, do you know who that is? And it was Plato and he was teaching a bunch of people, you know, how to read or something. And Did Ryder goes- Did your four-year-old know who Plato is? No, he said, that's God. <laughs> <laughs> it was so God, cute. Plato, same thing. But that's so sweet. He was like, he has a beard. He's obviously God. I was like, I never told you God had a beard, but I think it's kind of cute you think he does. And it's just a great opportunity to just kind of have conversations and make connections with people you love and to experience something together. I like learning stuff. I know, contrary to popular opinion, like a lot of people are probably like, wow, that comes as a huge shock. I like to learn things. (laughs) I like history. So I'm choosing the storyline. I agree. I... My favorite part of Epcot before they decided to be ruiners and tear it down was interventions. Like I loved the experience of that. I loved learning and going and, you know, kind of getting my hands dirty and playing with stuff. And so I'm right there with you. I would so much prefer an experience where you're, you know, kind of deep into it as opposed to something that's just thrill-seeking for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. It is tough though because I love – a roller coaster. Love a roller coaster. Same. Everything in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is a thrill ride. So eh, it's a tough, tough question to answer. Um, Linda asks, would you rather go to Epcot and eat everything you want, but ride no rides or ride all the rides, but only have one snack, like popcorn or ice cream or something? Like I only get to eat once or I get to have that snack throughout the day? Probably snack throughout the day because that's not – that's – how do you survive? 
True. Um, wow. Okay. Wow. I'm going to answer this in a way I did not think I was going to answer it. Okay. I think I'm actually going to say food. Now, this is not something that I would typically say. Like, usually I'd be like ride or die and rides or die, excuse me. Um, but I really like the idea of just roaming around the world showcase. Maybe if there's a festival going on, grabbing a few drinks, eating the specialty foods, talking to the people who work at the different um, pavilions, because that's one of my favorite parts about going to Epcot is getting to know the people, like specifically in Italy, I'll be honest. Um, just because we, I kind of know a little something because we have Italian family members, but everywhere I love getting to talk to all the people who work there, who come from those countries. I think if it were just like me and Ryan on a date or a big group of friends, I would probably say the food. Now, if I'm bringing my kids, it's the rides. And I'm eating popcorn. <laughs> I I mean, you you answered the question exactly how I was going to answer it, but I was much less torn about this. To me, the answer was clear as day. I'm going to Epcot. I'm roaming the World Showcase from morning to night drinking around the world, eating around the world, and then you can roll me out of the park at 10 p.m. Like, I, the rides at Epcot don't do enough for me to make it worth skipping the World Showcase. Mm. That's what it ultimately comes down to. What, I'm going to ride Soren five times? No, I'm over it. You ride Soren once and you get the Soren experience. Now, if Horizons was still there, this would be a much difficult, much more difficult question to answer. But as it stands right now, obviously I'm starting in Mexico and working my way around. I do have to tell you all this. Back when Horizons was torn down, just a brief little nugget of history for you. Morgan was that girl who sat on the coast, like on the ride, and they were like, honey, we have to like tear down the ride. And she was like, no. She was like, I'm not leaving. That was more strap me to it. I the know you <laughs> was like, you have to move, ma'am. And I was like, make me. I know y'all I saw chained, that article. <laughs> chained to horizons. Um, that should be the name of our podcast, Chained to Horizons. <laughs> spiritually chained. We're starting to a band. We're starting a band, guys. Oh, that's actually a really good idea. Chained to Horizons. The the metal hair band from the 80s, except mm. Make it 2023. All right. Next. This is a good one. And I still don't know They're my all answer good. to this one. They're all good. Tamala or Tamala? I don't want to offend you. So I'm going to go with Tamala slash Tamala asks, and let us know in our DMs which Please. one is correct. Because the next time we mention you on this podcast, I want to do you justice. I think it's um, Tamala. That's my guess. I think it's Tamala. <laughs> okay, that's good. Let's see who's right. Meet at the border. Okay, meet at Duke the border. All right. She asks, if you had to, what non-performer job would you want at Universal? And it must be an in-the-park job. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this one's so hard. Okay. Wait, what are you going to say? I can't. I'm not telling you. Uh, well, wait, go first. I went first last time. <laughs> I think I would want to be the person who walks through the Hogwarts Express um, right before it takes off. Oh, To make okay. sure everyone's se- seated in their little cabins. Okay. Let me ask you a question. And then you, you can question. just ride it back and forth. That's fun. 
Let me ask you a question. Is it considered a performer if you're the person who like walks a family around the park that hires like the private service and then you got to skip all the lines, you got to eat dinner and lunch You don't with get them? to ride the lo- the rides. Well, they you don't have, have to, to sit there and watch them enjoy but- every moment of their day. Hmm. And you're just sitting there like kind of jealous. Like, why well, don't I, I get to I would ride be the one Hagrid's- I would be the one who goes with a family of odd numbers and they're like, oh, like my, you know, my daughter doesn't want to ride alone. She's really connected to you and she really likes you. Do you want to ride next to her? It wouldn't happen. Okay. (laughs) Never mind. I want to be a person who draws characters of people and I know they stand, they're like positioned right by the Cinnabon in Islands of Adventure. And I think I would play a prank. Like I'd make the characters really bad versions of the people. And then I would just see what they did. And then they'd be like, oh, this is awful. I'm not paying you. And I'd be like, just kidding. At the same time, I was actually drawing with my right hand. Here's the real character. And they'd be like, wow, that's beautiful. I want to hire you for my wedding. This alternate reality that we're living in, <laughs> monumental. I love it. You're ambidextrous. Okay. I would. I, I think I would do the characters because then you get to sit there and actually talk to people. I think it would be kind of fun. Yeah. I think I would definitely want to work uh, – you know, it's just so – it's such a hard question to answer. Maybe I'd want to be a server at Mythos. I know. So I could just stay there all day and eat in the back room. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I mean, you're not a performer. Like, maybe, I don't know. You know how at Disney World they have those, that like the people will draw Mickey Mouse with the water mm-hmm. on the ground? Maybe I could just draw like random universal characters. I like drawing. If you couldn't tell. Maybe, <laughs> oh, maybe I would want to do the face painting in the, mm. like the superhero area. Oh, I love that. Islands. I love that. Yeah, That's that would be idea. really fun. One time in fourth grade, we had market day and you had to be in teams of four and you started a business and you got X amount of money and you had to go out and buy all the stuff for the business. And then you sold your products and you learned how you know supply and demand and operating business works in fourth grade. And my company was called Freebies Face Paints. And while it was not free, we did paint faces. Yeah, we made eggs and we filled them with confetti and we told people that they were meant for throwing at siblings and we totally sold out in like five minutes. Oh my gosh, amazing. This is genius marketing. Hate your sibling? Buy an egg. (laughs) Okay, next question. Can I buy one right now? Um, Ryan asks, this is my favorite question. Is this Ryan my husband? No. Different Ryan. Plot twist. Okay. Ryan asks... You are tasked with creating an area or land in Epic Universe. What of their intellectual property are you using? And what is the main attraction you create in this area? So good. I mean, this took me a long time to think about. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. This this just came to my mind. Okay. I am obsessed with Bates Motel. I am absolutely like obsessed with that show. Like Norman Bates, Psycho. I love Alfred Hitchcock. I would love if we could just have like a Hitchcock land, but I don't know how many of his movies were universal. But if we could do like a really creepy trackless ride through the Bates Motel, I don't know. 
That would oh be so gosh. cool. Yes. Like a dark ride. That's such a yes. good idea. And then the land would just be like really – honestly, it would just be kind of creepy because the thing is like I don't know. I, I would love for it to be like a Hitchcock land, but I just am not sure how many of his rides are universal. But that would be really cool. Can you imagine like a bird's area – and then like vertic- like a vertigo ride where you're like spinning and falling off buildings and things. I don't know. I feel like I, I just mean, – Yeah. I feel like I oh, win. That's a really good idea. It's a really good idea. Mine's Thank kind you. of lazy, but I stand behind this 100%. Okay. Let's hear. I say they bring back Back to the Future. And mm. instead of making it just one ride, you make it an entire land like Ryan – suggested if you're going to create a land in epic universe what do you create back to the future has enough material to be an entire land make you it you know a- what hmm. you could do the different time periods i'm sure you were going to say that sorry i was i was going to say make it super futuristic but then little pockets of it are like retro time mm. periods i think that would be so awesome and i think that the main attraction that i would build in this area would be mission based Obviously, but I want it to be a dark roller coaster or make it like the old Back to the Future was an inertia ride, but make it more like Avatar Flight of Passage. And those are my two ideas for the attraction. I but love. I think you can't go wrong with bringing back Back to the Future. You can't. I mean, it's such a classic. That ride was such a hit for so long. Yes, it was super dated. It had to go. It had to go. There was no other option. But really? But there's a way. Yeah. It was so I dated. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. I still love it. I can like smell the ride still. I we wish they put that in a candle. It. We That's <laughs> such a weird thing to say. That is such well, a like weird old... thing to say. No, you know when you're walking through the ETQ and you can smell – like it smells yes. like woods and stuff? Like make that in a candle. Does someone want to start a candle business? Different rides, like the Q rides and the like what they smell like. Do it. I'll buy all your candles. Candles by Jan. <laughs> <laughs> Serenity by Jan. Serenity by Jan. Get your it. friends, get your wealthy friends to invest. Yeah. At the dinner party. All right. We can <laughs> talk about the office all day to check out our other podcast, Office Snobs. Um, <laughs> next, Flynn asks, what attractions do you see coming to Encanto? I have the best idea for this. I'm gonna I hear. think that you bring Casita Madrigal. We, all, we already know that's going to be a major theme in the Encanto section of Magic Kingdom. But the attraction is interactive and you go in to you go into like the ride is based on you're entering the ceremony to figure out what your gift is. Like you're part mm. of the Madrigal family and you're about to go in and find out what your gift is. And I, like I think it's such a cool premise for a really, really great attraction. And I would love to see what the Imagineers could do with something like that. So for me, first of all, I love that. That would be really fun. I already know what my gift would be. Um, I <laughs> I don't need a ride to tell me. What? Just gifted at being loved by people. <laughs> so Lovable. like Isabella. Not like not like beautiful, like, oh, I'm I'm making all these beautiful flowers. It's just like people, you know, fall in love with my charm. I thought that was kind of what happened with Isabella. Like the guy. Yeah, but she has the flowers. (laughs) Oh, you don't want the flowers. Okay, cool. I just without the flowers, like obviously (laughs) that's my gift. Um, no, it would be really fun. Maybe something with animals, maybe something with kids. That would be really fun. Um, I 
think it would be really cool if there was a ride. Um, obviously, you and I love roller coasters. And if they're already doing, let's just assume they're doing Casino Madrigal, I'm just going to ignore you know, the premise or the idea of that ride because we all think it's coming. Um, what if there was a roller coaster that was like a hunt for Bruno? Like you're you're trying to find Bruno. You have no idea where he and is. And you're going through the walls of Casino you go Madrigal. Through, yes. And you oh, go down the cool. sand and then yeah. you go into the cave area. Where You know what I mean? And it could be a full-blown – honestly, I would kind of want it to be like Escape from Gringotts. So you do have some of the screens, but you also are on it. A roller coaster track and your cars are moving in different directions, 3D. Yeah. I think that would be cool. It could be so cool. There's so much potential with Encanto to make it really, really fun um, and bring a little thrill to Magic Kingdom. I would love to see that. Um, next, this question comes from Morgan. She asks, You can only choose one Dick Van Dyke, Rod Serling, or Tom <laughs> Selleck. <laughs> You didn't. Wait, I actually know what I would say. This is so funny. I talk to myself sometimes. I'm like, okay, hey, would you pick? Okay, let me t- – <laughs> like walking in my in my kitchen. I'm like, who is it today, Jay? Um, okay, here's the thing. Like we're talking about in their prime, right? We're not talking about like today. No, we're talking about dead Rod Serling. Stop. Dead Dick Van Dyke. Stop. You take it back. Okay. No, in their prime. In their prime, Jordan. Okay. Three men Here's- and a baby Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I, I prefer <laughs> like – yeah, Magnum P.I. Tom Selleck, but it's fine. Um. So here's the deal, okay? Are we talking about like like who do I love in terms of like if I weren't married to Ryan even though like I – you know, whatever. Who would I pick in that way, like in a romantic way? Or are we referring yes. to just like – Okay. Here's the thing. Dick Van Dyke reminds me the most of Ryan. I'm sorry, but are they not the same exact person? Like when you watch the Dick Van Dyke show, tall, not looks wise, but they are tall, but they're like goofy and they have just this great personality. A lot of people like them. Um, So he reminds me the most of my husband. I think like Tom Selleck is just the most charming man ever, whatever. Rod Sterling, I just, he was just happened to be the first guy I had a crush on, okay? I don't understand it. I have no idea. I don't know. So no, obviously it's not Rod Serling. You know, I think he smoked like 30 cigarettes a day. I think he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most cigarettes smoked in a minute. So no, not Rod Serling. Dick Van Dyke, for reasons I do not want to get into, I'm probably going to have to pass up on and it's probably Tom Selleck. I know it surprises you, but yeah. Tom Selleck is my pick as well because I'm not (laughs) – obsessed with Dick Van Dyke and Rod Serling. Tom Selleck is the only viable option out of those three. He's such a great man. Absolute weirdo. Um, Guys, we're done with our questions for the day on that note, which is a great note to end on because, Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Um, Next, I want to talk about really quickly before we wrap this episode up, there is an account on Instagram that we would love for you guys to check out. Jordan? Take it away. Morgan and I really like Magic and Wishes. We follow this, we've been following this account for a while. Um, she is probably, she's a Disney influencer. She's probably the happiest person on all of Instagram. I think she is deserving of some awards. So, Instagram, take note. Um, she recently went to Disneyland and her content was absolute fire. She posts like around the clock. You feel like you're there. Her 
energy, her excitement, you know, it brings a smile to my face. She truly embodies what it means to be like a Disney fanatic. Love her. Go check her out. She is the best. My favorite content of hers is the Take My Money Tuesday content. And she shares just really awesome merch throughout the parks um, that you're otherwise not going to see if you're not going to the parks as often as she is. Like, I wish I was her. Goodness. Magic and wishes. We love you guys. Go check her out. Um, And while you're at it, because you'll be on your phone checking out Magic and Wishes, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe to Park Snobs or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, hit up parksnobs.com. And Jordan, you know the drill. That five-star review is waiting for you, just like they say on Rod Serling, very handsome man, very attractive, says on the Twilight Zone, it is waiting for you. Um, The doors have opened. Go leave us a five-star review. You know, if you don't want to write your words, just click the five, okay? The fifth star. That is the goal. One, two, three, four, five. Thank you, Morgan. (laughs) For those of you who can't count. I'm making it real easy for you guys. I'm doing it for you. Just, you know, guide your finger. One, two, three, four, five. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We will catch you next week on another episode of Park Stops. See you later. Bye.